I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but when my friend Clay Mason Bannerman and I want to impress our new lady friends, Tiffer and Mickey, we don't even have to take them to a restaurant. That's because we have an entire freezer stocked full of butcher box, and that includes high-quality meat and seafood that we can trust. It's so convenient. It's delivered right to our doorstep, and there's always free shipping. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Tiffer and Mickey love it, and so will you. At least one of them is always around asking when the new ButcherBox is arriving. Sign up at ButcherBox.com slash mega and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20 bucks off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash mega and use code mega to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus 20 bucks off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional megachurch. We are here. The Lord, we are here. And we're ready, ready to podcast. Hiya, I'm Hallie Labonte, and this is Mega, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where every single week we give our mega church. A tiny family feel. We introduce you to members of our church staff, people from our community, and every single week I'm joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Please welcome my friend, Gray Haas. Jesus is the Harry Styles of heaven. Hallie, how are you? (laughs) So awesome. So blessed. How are you? How are your kids who come to Climax? Amazing activity this week uh, with my teens who came to Climax, Hallie. Uh, We did Leap of Faith this week. I'm sure Day said something about it, didn't he? Leap of Faith is huge every year, that isn't it? That is right. Well, just to give people the the DL, as my kids say, one of my dads of the teens in Climax, I don't like to name names, but it was Zendaya Lannister, uh, he owns the leases on several old cell phone towers in the area. And every year, we hire a Christian bungee jumping company to come in and, Hallie, it was amazing. That is so cool. So do you use the bungee jumping to tie it into some sort sort of teaching tool oh, for always, the kids? Always got a tie-in, Hallie. Yeah. yeah, I give this really awesome message about faith awesome. and how, you know, in times of faith, it can seem absolutely terrifying because you're stepping into the void without things like data or proof or science or common sense or any of that stuff. But ultimately, yeah. Hallie, if you've got faith in God, yeah. He is there for you. He's going to bounce you right back up to, to, to the top, if you will. And and that's just so great. If you trust Him, then you, you'll come back up. That is right. The Bounces is there. So awesome. So did the kids love it? You know, they hate it on the way down. They love it on the way up. Uh, and, you know, a few of them I did have to push. Uh, uh, but uh, ultimately, I think it was really moving. How many teens did you get to take the leap? Uh, a 12. Awesome. So that was great. And, um, you know, it was a bit weird, Hallie, because last year, I think we had 
several dozen. But, you know, teens now, I think after the pandemic, they've become so risk averse and sensitive and anxious and non-binary and all this stuff. I only had about a dozen of them actually climb up the tower and do the leap of faith. So, you know. You know, I see it all the time as a parent. I just feel like we're coddling these kids and we're treating them like they're so special and whatever. And really, you know what? You got to buck up, Buttercup, because Jesus is the one who's holding the other end of that rubber band and worrying is not going to get you anywhere. Well, that is what I said. And, uh, you know, Day was there, of course. He was being a little pill, just a little silly pill. And I said, Day, what's your favorite verse about faith? And... You know, I was hoping he would say, you know, the birds Romans of the field, yeah, or, or yeah. yeah, birds of the field, or anything. Yeah. And he just handed, well, he handed me this. What is and that? It's just this. Um, okay. I guess it's an equation. It k equals f over x equals m g over x equals fifteen point two n over m. What I t- is that? Well, he said it's the equation for the spring constant of a bungee cord. Uh-huh. And then after doing some calculations, he was not going to do the leap of faith because it proved that there was a chance that your head could actually smack the pavement oh. if the wind was blowing just right. Oh. And I said, hey, you know what, Day? The joke's on you. Because we went up there and we were 12 for 12. No one died. Everyone li- just, you know, lived. And uh, faith beats reason, buddy. Because, you know... <laughs> Reason is unreasonable. <laughs> All right. Isn't that right? Yeah. So how's your new lady friend, Malady? Oh, um, you know what? I've been really busy oh. right now. Mm. Yeah. How are you, Hallie? Oh, well, Gray, I told you I'm working on this blog where I do blog posts. Oh, right. And, um, and just for those listening, that's a blog. It's called A Purpose Driven Wife yeah. blog. And, um, blog. you know, it's doing well because evidently Christian moms and wives are just, you know, I don't know, desperate for anything to make sense of their untenable lives. That is great, Hallie. I'm really proud of you for sticking with it. It's been cool. And um, I so have to come up with project. ideas, right? I have to have ideas about what is, you know, giving the purpose driven wife a purpose. And so I was um, thinking about how for a long time it has really helped women, moms and Christian wives um that the church tells us that, you know, we're Enneagram twos. Okay. Um, you know, the personality test, the Enneagram. Oh yeah. Totally. Well, it turns out that most God fearing moms are a number two on oh, the Enneagram. Really? And you know, that means that our personality is labeled the helper. Okay. So we're self-sacrificing, long suffering, generous, you know, warm hearted, helpful, enmeshed. Okay. Um, but that also leads to us being people pleasing, codependent, and manipulative, you know, cause like we give in order to get, you know, because we believe that people, if they don't need us, they'll leave us. And, you know, we know that expressing our own needs is selfish. Right. It is. Um, so anyway, my first blog post was, uh, for the perfect purpose driven wife it's titled go number two uh just to encourage every woman who's a helper i want her to hear me cheering go number two go right um and i don't think it's a coincidence that christian women are number twos because behind every good man is a great number two that is true you know and the church's highest value for women is to be selfless you know that is to be less 
of ourselves and believe that every good thing comes from God and not us. And the church just is simply asking us to diminish ourselves in every possible way without having complete breakdowns. Because if we do do that, you know, it'll be through some fault of our own and not the culture that requires us to be feminine and chaste and fertile, yet desiring nothing and serving our men and children as if serving the Lord. That is really (laughs) clever, Hallie. Well, I'm glad you've got this little project. And um, I want to hear the ones I have coming up that I'm going to do as blog posts. Oh, sure. Uh, Blog. I have um, Martha's Dilemma, serving up a better attitude as you serve your husband. Great. I've got There Is No I in Selfless. That's true. (laughs) I've got Eve's Curse, moving from being sickened by your spouse to serving him joyfully. Very cool. Um, I have The Invisible Female Christ Follower. And then this one I think is going to really hit. It's called What Women? How to Find Female Characters in the Bible. That is great, Hallie. How do you? Um, uh, Well, you got to read it cover to cover. But um, then I I, I was trying to think of how to be relevant, and I came up with one blog post called Prayer versus Prozac. Oh, that is really... Isn't that cool? You see where I'm going with that? There'll probably be a few people that will will need that. And I have a few more. Why choosing yourself is always the wrong choice. Embracing the backseat. The perfect helpmate. God's how-to guide for the ultimate bride. And I've got submit and forget. And um, Eve's apple. How female desire destroys the planet. This is so great, Hallie. Well, I, you know, have you, has anybody read it yet? Oh, I, <laughs> I think I've gone viral. I'm getting so much tra- traffic really? from all these desperate women. Yeah. I, and I, and I got this random book deal and it's not even what? with a Christian publisher. What? And you know, Christian publishers will publish anything. This is with a secular, totally random publisher. It's Random House? Random House. Yeah. You got a deal with Random House? Yeah, I got a book deal, and they gave me an advance, and um, I just what? gave it to Lance. I gave it to my husband, Lance Labonte, because, you know, I just keep running experiments in my house by having my husband be the head of the household, and it is a constant disaster, but so far, nobody has died, so why not let him keep doing it? You know what I mean? Well, what is, what's he going to spend the advance on? Oh, you'll love this is cute, Gray. I'm calling it an Ed Lance. Well, what is he spending the advance on? A soft tub. A soft tub? Yeah. You mean a jacuzzi? Yeah, I'll back. Ugh. Reason is unreasonable. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, You'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Well, just like God. 
God's hand orchestrates our lives. Our guest today is the hand that orchestrates our puppet ministry. It's Kathy Crenshaw. Hi. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the program. Oh, my God. I I feel absolutely blessed to be here. I'm just so honored in every way. Kathy, it is amazing to see you without a puppet on your hand. I actually didn't know that you actually had just regular two regular hands because (laughs) every time we see you up on the stage in the auditorium, you are doing some amazing things with puppets. And just to start, I wanted to ask you about what happened last weekend where you were just so overcome with emotion when you slid your hand into that puppet and started, I mean, I would call it having just an emotional sort of crying. I, you know, you were so happy and overcome with the Holy Spirit. Uh, What was, what what happened? It, It was just something that is hard to explain, but I know you were both experienced with having the Holy Ghost pass through you. And there was a moment when I was sliding my hand up my puppet skirt, Mary. And as I slid my hand up there, the smoothness of the Holy Ghost just came all over me and I didn't know what to do. And I was in front of everybody and I'm a professional. Okay. I've done puppetry my entire adult life, as well as my childhood since I was born. I feel like I was born with two puppets on my hands that when God passes through you, you're never prepared. You are never prepared for that. And I was just feeling it, I guess. The vibe was right. (laughs) Uh, I hear you, uh, Kathy, because you never know when those conversion moments are going to Mm -hmm, strike, mm -hmm. like Paul on the road to Damascus. You Mm -hmm. know, I I sometimes I'll be sitting there during praise and worship and something about the the chorus of the song or the repetition or seeing people's arms up in the air, I'll immediately start sobbing my eyes out because I'm just feeling the presence of God so powerfully. And Mm -hmm. I think it's so cool that you can do that with puppets because in a way, you're sort of a God figure with those puppets. I mean, God must look at us as his puppets. You know what I mean? He's kind of, he's moving our mouths. He's directing our feet. He's got us on the path uh, of righteousness. And so in many ways to those puppets, you're God. I never even thought about that. That's cool. Oh my gosh, I'm blushing, but I also don't know. Is that blasphemy? Who cares? It sounds good. (laughs) My puppets are my children and I'm a child of God. So boom, boom, there it is. Oh my God. It's when you're in the worship service and it's like the wave, you're just going with that flow. You're crying, you're weeping, you're you're texting people by mistake, telling them how much God means to you. It's just such a beautiful, beautiful experience. I've always gotten along better with puppets than people. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. And I think it's cool that they're your kids. Mm -hmm. You know, you hear a lot of childless people say that their dogs are their kids or their, you know, their fur babies or whatever, Mm -hmm. which I'm very jealous of as a person who does have actual children. I wish I only had fur babies, (laughs) but uh, it's cool that your your kids are your puppets because guess what? You're never going to come home to your puppets and have them, you know, be knocked up or selling drugs or saying, I hate you, mom get out of my room. You know, they're, they're going to be saying, well, frankly, whatever you have them saying, I suppose. Oh yeah. I, they really speak through me and sometimes they have quite the attitude, (laughs) but not the same as a human child. And that is something I've been recognizing more in my adult life and my work through God is that they're not adult children, that they are puppets made of fabric. It's hard for me sometimes, but they really kept me on a straight and narrow because the puppet lifestyle of other puppeteers is pretty seedy and pretty dark. I've missed opportunities because I'm a Christian and I'll keep on missing them because I'm not going to miss Christ. 
Done and done. You know, I did want to know, take us back to how you even got interested in puppets, because it's something that, you know, I think in secular culture, people go, oh, that person's got a puppet. I'm a, I'm a bit afraid. That's a bit weird. But I think in church culture, we can really see the value. And I guess I'm also wanting to see the value. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I would take all of my dolls and I'd put them uh, in long dresses and I'd rip their legs off and because I had a vision. And then I would just kind of put my little hand there and their mouths wouldn't move. They'd be porcelain, you know, kind of just created shut. And I would do little skits for my parents. And my parents, I would say they weren't pro puppet. They weren't against it. But they were very confused, <laughs> without a doubt. They were very, very confused. They're a very secular people. Oh, um, they're Methodist, so I'm sure you can understand. Oh, that's a shame. And what were your parents thinking, you know, as you, you're taking apart your dolls and you're doing little shows with them? Were they going, hey, maybe also play with, with kids or something else, you know? Yeah, uh, they did want me to play with kids, and uh, they wanted me to play with my siblings, Uh and I just really didn't have an interest. And I had to sit them down and say, Mom, Dad, I know you live in a different world, but I live in this world with my puppets. And all I ask is respect. Oh, I love that. That makes total sense. And you bring up a good point, Gray, is that, you know, the world of puppetry really makes sense inside the church. And puppets are very popular at church. They work with kids. They work with adults. Who doesn't love a puppet, you know? And, um, but outside of the church, it seems like, you know, you'll have your occasional, you know, ventriloquist out on Navy Pier or, you know, some such, but, uh, you know, maybe some magicians get into puppets, maybe some stand-up comics. I don't know. I hope not. But uh, for the most part, you can really rely on puppets being a uh, pretty God-honoring, uh, little, little fellas and gals. Isn't that right? I think in the puppets, we know the puppets we interact with that we see in a Christian space, they are puppets for peace, positive puppets, puppets that are really thinking about the people and what the people need. But if we look at some of the, the seedier world of puppetry, as I discussed, the more experimental puppets, the puppets with a bit of an attitude, there's a lot of great skill in that puppetry, but you will see it. You will not believe who's actually a puppet. Oh, really? When you're watching the news, you're doing this and that. Really? There are puppets where you wouldn't even imagine. Uh, you know, really? I'm guessing Rachel Maddow is yeah. that one. Yeah, she has to be a puppet. Her hair never changes. I shouldn't reveal, but you were right <gasps> there. I Rachel Maddow, it. half of the cast of The View. Really? All of them. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's also mm -hmm. gotta be Anderson Cooper. Uh, again, helmet, head of white hair, uh, flawless complexion. Oh. I I don't think he's a puppet, Hallie. I just think he's gay. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. I do want to get into the psychology a bit of puppetry because what is it about putting a puppet on your hand that helps you deliver a message that, you know, otherwise you couldn't just deliver by even just talking with your hand as kind of a puppet mouth? I guess I'm just wondering why a puppet and what do puppets do when it comes to really getting a message across? You know, why did God send his only son? Yeah. Like, we can't answer absolutely every question. Oh, I see. We just know that there are some ways. Well, I mean, from like a psychological standpoint, I was I had selective mutism as a child, and I found that I could communicate my emotions through puppets. Oh. That's if you believe in science. If you believe with me, 
I put that puppet on my hand and the Holy Ghost and all of the amazing people that can teach about Christ come out of that puppet. Wow. So why, why, why do we play games? Why do we get married? Why do we have children? We don't know. It's just how Christ works in us. Wow. I love that. Well, well, speaking of selective mutism, as a married woman, um, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I sort of like the sound of what I'm hearing. Uh, yeah. When I get overwhelmed, anxiety uh-huh. in large groups, uh, since I was a child, I just fully did not talk. Okay. Uh-huh. At all. Uh-huh. And and that's involuntary or is that uh voluntary? It is uh involuntary. My body would just kind of shut down. And that's around the times I started ripping the legs and limbs off of my dolls. That's cool. And then turned it into something beautiful. Now with my work with God and my Christian therapy, I have found workarounds uh-huh. to be able to uh control it a bit. Uh-huh. What an interesting what an interesting thing. And that just came out of the blue or did, was this some sort of event or something that you, you decided? Triggered it. Yeah, I think triggered is a, is a tough, tough, tough liberal word. But there was a moment when my dad was discovered to be I'm, I'm from Evansville, Indiana, uh, that 1950s Denny's. That's my family business. Um, around oh. that time, my dad was discovered as the Evansville eater where he was killing people oh. in our 1950s theme style diner oh. and even never served, never served anyone. He stands by that. And I do believe him. I really do. He's still alive. And around that time is when that happened. And, and I didn't speak for years. I really, gosh, gosh, I didn't speak for years, but then our house burned down kind of mysteriously and me, mom and my sisters moved out and that's that's really the moment where I started ripping those dolls apart and and letting them speak through me. Okay, okay. So I guess it was an event. Wow, uh, wow. Yeah, wow. The I'm... Evansville, and I guess Evansville Ida, and I guess that makes sense. He was a Methodist, which which does kind of put a mm-hmm. finer point on it, doesn't it? And I'm gonna put you on the top of my prayer list, Kathy Crenshaw, because uh, it sounds like you've been through the ringer. But you know what? Uh, God moves in mysterious ways. It brought you to Christ. You're using puppets for a uh, purpose now, um, you know, helping point other people toward, uh, you know, the, the, the life changing good news of the gospel. And just again, to keep drilling down on the selective mutism, um, is it the type of thing where, you know, you can't do impressions of anything anymore? You know, this white lady professor who told everyone she was a black lady professor got in all this trouble with selective mutism. If someone were to spontaneously just stop speaking in situations where they uh, just felt like not talking. Um, would that be offensive culturally? I don't know? know why you're even asking this, Hallie. Well, I just wanted to ask someone with selective mutism if, um, you know, like, uh, for instance, you know, sometimes my kids say they have Tourette's just because they want to go on a strand of curse words, you know. Um, w- would would selectively mute, uh, muting yourself be considered offensive, uh, Kathy? Well, uh, one thing I'd say is I'm not sure your kids don't have Tourette's. I'm not a doctor. I can't say that. And in terms of selective mutism, I don't know who's going to check to see if you're lying. Okay. Only you know if it's a sin or not. 
So you have to ask God, can I selectively go mute? And then there will be your answer. Yes. Do doctors say sometimes it falls under like a lot of anxiety disorder, sometimes a ASD umbrella? Maybe. But also, who are doctors? You pray to the Lord and you or whoever you may be talking about will tell you. And I think, Hallie, you know, in her case, um, her father was... Uh, cutting people up and eating them. And I think that is, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's going to go, well, you shouldn't talk, you know, well, you should start talking. I think after something like that, you're really, you know, you yeah. just don't, you don't really have anything going on like that, Hallie. Well, speaking of the psychology of puppetry, I notice a lot of counselors use puppets because it makes people be able to speak their feelings through the puppet instead of through their own mouth. What do you think that's all about, Kath? There is something about puppets that are a bridge. They are this little thing we can walk across and really talk to. It feels like you're having your own relationship and and conversation. I know a lot of counselors do it. And for a while, I was seeing a therapist that had uh, similar techniques. But then I thought, what the heck are you doing, Kathy? You have a puppet. So I turned one of my puppets into my Christian therapist. Awesome. Yeah. The power of puppetry. So I just talk straight to him. We talk, we go on and on, Mark and I, and it's really helpful. So I would say I have the tools. I can do that therapy on my own, right? (laughs) But I think for others, they should see someone. Yeah. And, you know, I think that is working great, clearly. And I did want to ask just a follow-up question was, you know, how did they catch your dad? Was that something that, uh, you know, there were clues uh, left left behind? Because I do remember, you know, that was quite, that that story made it to Australia of just, you know, people going to Denny's and never coming out. And, you know, they thought it was satanic or something. Yeah. Uh, I love that you keep asking me about my serial killer father. People are really afraid to talk about it. They're really scared to ask me the hard questions. Uh, My father, you would say he was caught mid-meal for him. He was chowing down. We had a lake house in Holiday, Indiana, and he would just stay by the lake. And that's where he kept most of the bodies or body parts. And again, I I want to say that Denny's is still operational. You can go have a delicious meal. There is no human traces. The human body, that meat he ate was never processed at the Denny's. Okay. Got it. Got it. The only thing processed at the Denny's was a grand slam and a good time. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yep. Yep. And you know, I'm sorry just to say, I wasn't actually asking um, when when he was caught, what he was doing. I was just kind of wondering how they caught him. Like what was, because I'm always interested, like did he slip up or something? Or did one of the victims get away? Um, because, you know, honestly, I had kind of figured like, yeah, I, I kind of know what that looks like when somebody's, you know, eating somebody just kind of from the imagination. Uh, Okay, I see, I see. Uh, No, I would say that us Crenshaws, we try to get the job done, so no one ever got away. Uh, We're a bit of perfectionists. Uh, Sadly, it was just quite simple. He slipped up in conversation. He was talking to someone, and people were talking about, oh, the string of people, a diverse group of people, which I was very proud of, that his victims weren't just one type of person. You know, He kind of went for whatever, which I think is really... I think it should be acknowledged is all. And uh, he was just in conversation and someone was talking about all these people going missing at the Methodist church, uh, just like after service one day. And he said, well, it's because I've been killing them and eating them and just really put his foot in his mouth. Wow. And 
then he just said, well, shoot. Okay. I think that's a God thing because there he was in church in the house of God and found himself unable to lie. He told the truth. And I think that's a God thing. I think that's super cool. I do too. And I'm glad that you're uh, letting us know to not worry about the Denny's because who among us doesn't love a moons over my hammy. And uh, you know, it's good to know that the eggs on a moons over my hammy are from a chicken, not from a woman uh, that the, that the bacon is from a pig uh, or a piglet, you you know, not from the haunches of a man who used to be a plumber. Uh, and speaking of which, I mean, Kathy, you're a gal. How do you feel about having eggs? I think it's very weird that as female humans, we have eggs inside us. It, it really makes me feel strange. Very strange. When I walk through the egg part of the grocery store, I'm like, well, I wonder if there's, you know, like tall refrigerators like this in our ovaries being stocked by some guy who has a ponytail. I can't believe you're bringing this up. It bothered me so much. I had an elective hysterectomy. I couldn't do it anymore. The thought of it all really got to me. I I can't believe you're bringing it up. I really can't. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I I think after, you know, everything that my dad unfortunately did, he has asked the Lord for forgiveness. So I I don't even know if it's really sin anymore that much. I've not been able to eat meat And I would say like fleshy parts of ourselves or the egg aspect of us, I really struggle with. Yeah. And so, okay. Um, you know, in case someone, uh, who, you know, had to have a double mastectomy gets offended if I get a breast reduction, um, would, would someone who had to uh, have a hysterectomy, uh, be offended if I too got an elective hysterectomy Hallie, just, just so that I can't have asking all these questions. any more seeds put in my belly and have to do this mom thing anymore because it is a gift from God as all kids are, but to hear the words elective and hysterectomy put together, I feel like I have goosebumps all over my body. Would it be offensive if someone just elected to do that? Have you had any blowback, Kath? Listen to me. I'll take care of you after your hysterectomy. Me (gasps) and my puppets will surround you with grace. (gasps) I'll feed you. I'll take care of you. Just saying it, I wouldn't be offended. The blowback that I've gotten has been mild. And uh, I just learned to live with it because it is my choices on my body, not my body, my choice. I don't really uh, agree with that no, no, uh, no, statement, no, but no. it's the choices I'm making with my body. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it's a little bit different. I did want to ask, um, so that we don't have to hear about a hysterectomy anymore. I did want to ask, um, did you bring some of your puppets with you? Uh, because we'd love to meet some of the colorful characters that you're so well known for. Oh, thank you so much for asking. I always have my friends here cheering me on doing a pod. So it's important that they're they're kind of like my little audience. Who is this first one? Uh, just for the listeners, she's got sort of long uh, blonde hair and um, in a dress in a little sign oh, a little diary, I guess she's holding that says, please don't eat me. OK, are you are you ready to hear from her? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Hi, my name's Crystal, and I was victim number four of the Evansville Eater. I was driving from Louisville, Kentucky to Indianapolis. I stopped in Evansville for lunch, and I never came out. So that's kind of her thing. Cool. 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 And I see you have a police officer back there, too. Uh, What's the police officer's voice sound like? 
Hey, I'm Detective John Carl. I was called into the Evansville Eater case. Uh, it was more gruesome than you can ever imagine. I The family said they stayed at that lake house multiple times, but he did very little to hide it, so I don't know how they could handle the smell of all those dead bodies, but uh, tried to get answers out of that little girl, but she just wouldn't talk to me. So he's pretty serious, pretty work-oriented. Okay. Uh, this one kind of looks like, uh, oh, okay, maybe a biblical character. This one looks like Jesus. He's got sort of yeah. a long beard and long hair. Hey, my name's Preston. I was victim 16 of the Evansville Eater. I went to the Denny's, like, daily, even though people kept disappearing. I just, like, couldn't get enough. And then the Evansville Eater couldn't get enough of me. Okay, so I'm kind of seeing a theme here, Hallie. And but there is a little old lady back there with the little bifocals that looks like a Mrs. Claus. What does she say? Hello, my name is Mrs. Crenshaw, and the Evansville Eater is my son. I could have never known the horrors that he would commit. <laughs> I barely even touch meat myself. I think it's because his father went to war and never came home. that's our show kathy crenshaw was played by the fabulous katie kershaw follow her at this underscore is underscore katie underscore kershaw and hey consider supporting us on patreon it comes with some great perks you'll get ad-free episodes discord benefits and a midweek podcast from me and greg so go to patreon.com slash mega the podcast I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Gray Haas was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.